What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Destruption Podcast. We give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation with the top minds in their field today. Brought to you by SEAC, a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation. Check them out at seasiacenter.com. I've got all their details down in the show notes. I'm your host, Dana Blue, and in this episode, I sit down with friend of the show, Dr. K. We talk about the shift from traditional learning and development to lifelong learning that a lot of leading innovative companies are going through right now, and how a lot of that lifelong learning can be applied in everyday life for anyone from the ground level up to the executive. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. Dr. K, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the show. I always love talking to you. How have you been? Well, it has been exciting lately because we did a lot of thing in a new way of learning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Well, um, I think right now people are very you know, passionate about learning. Okay. Yeah, as we've seen, you know, during the disruption time, you know, thing changes so fast. Mm-hmm. Same as the skill, yeah. you know, like uh, my clients who you know, they'll learn something and within next few years, you know, what they've learned has been expired. Think about a new information, you know, we've been given information a lot, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the, the previous information has been obsolete or not updated anymore. And that's why, you know, people are, are very, you know, passionate of how they can keep themselves updated in order to be competent, you know, in the work. And I think, you know, some other thing is because of the information right now is Floated. It's flooded everywhere. So, you know, even though I don't want to read anything, but when you, you know, pops up your social media, you know, some feed of the news or something, you know, excites you. Oh, really? This is what's going on. So that's why people love to learn more. People love to know more. Mm. That's what I find out a lot, you know, going on with my, my clients. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they just start, you know, asking me, all right, with all those informations, you know, we've got, what could be useful? So there will be something I start thinking about, wow, you know, as a coach, you know, consultant or even the, the facilitator, how we can lift up. What should that be experiences in a class with me? I should not just like give them information anymore. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what they want. One of the things, too, is I, I think we've seen this a lot in business where skills are changing so quickly. Right. The demand. So. It was just a few years ago, everyone wanted to have a data scientist and a blockchain engineer. Now everyone needs soft skills. How, how do you keep up? Well, I, I think there are more and more important, especially I think lately I read a World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's um, the report printout. And I said, well, we, we used to focus a lot, you know, not only about the, the, the thinking skill, because now I see because why thinking is so important because we have so many information but to utilize those information you need to you know make use of it implication making sense so that's why i've seen lots of my clients start to you know uh, know more about what what kind of critical thinking skill even the creative thinking skill so people talk a lot even you know one of our popular course like design thinking now, not only the creative people want to know more about design thinking, just accountant, R&D. Mm-hmm. I want to be R&D 4.0. Please help mm-hmm. us. You know, how can we innovate with that? So the thinking skill, you know, uh, or the technical skill is still important. But at the same time, because things change so fast, no one can possess all information. No, not even close. Not even close. So how can we keep updated? 
we gotta talk more and collaborate. Mm. So that's why, you know, the soft skill in terms of like collaboration. I mean, not only teamwork, not only talking, but are we aligned? Because there's so many chances we can misalign. Because the information I learned, it was from yesterday, but what you've learned is just an hour ago and it's not aligned. So let's talk. That's how fast information <laughs> is changing though. Right, right. So that's why we, we, we gotta, you know, connect more. Mm. Yeah, and fast enough to collaborate more in order to, you know, correspond with changes. Mm. So it's so we focus a lot lately about like, you know, collaborations among teams and we talked a lot about one trend, you know, in workforce. We we promote that. To to have the innovation, creativity, we don't need people who think the same thing in the same room. Mm. We, we need to challenge each other, right? right if you want to be innovative, yeah. Right. You don't need a room of 10 accountants. Right, right. And the thing is, it's conceptually, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. We should have, you know, a variety you know, of people from different industries. But I think, you know, in execution, think about it. You are talking with people who think different way, like you. Mm. How we can keep a conversation. So diversity, you know, and like, you know, um, how to adjust yourself to work with you know diversified group of people become a new skill, hmm. even more you know important than the than the, the, the past. Now, one of the the previous times you came on, you talked at great length with me about powerful conversations. Yes, and a lot of that is kind of what you're saying here too. Is that how do you adjust your mindset right. and right. approach a conversation mm -hmm. in a collaborative way to get the most out of it? Yes, yes. Now, when we talk about that you know, the learning and the speed at which things are changing. I, I think a term that's been really popular lately is lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen a big shift where some of the more progressive companies have gone from this sort of traditional learning and development mm -hmm. model to mm -hmm. a lifelong learning model. Mm -hmm. How is that kind of impacting yeah. that space? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question because then, no, they, we understand why, right? We mm. need to keep learning because things change quickly. It's become obsolete. So, so we, we come up, you know, with the way to support this with mm -hmm. lifelong learning. It means like, you know, you keep learning all the time. Mm. Think about it. For example, like the shelf life of a certain specific skill could last for only three years. Mm -hmm. You know, by the end of three years, you, 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 you know, at the same time, simultaneously, you should learn something else. Meanwhile, right? That's why I say lifelong learning because you work, you utilize it while you are equipping new skill all the time. Mm. Right. So when people start, all right, I used to learn. Now, tell me about lifelong learning. What does that look like? You know, so think about it. When can lifelong learning, it's like continuous learning. Mm -hmm. So it should come like anywhere, anytime, with any channel. Okay. So in lifelong learning, we try to provide, you know, our clients with different way of, of learning more to fit with that lifestyle. Why? Because now, I would see, you know, people now are very, you know, fragmented into a small and very niche group, right? Because mm -hmm. people have their own group or community who love the same thing, connected through like social network. So people have start to have a diversified way of learning. Mm. So the traditional way, what is that? It's like classroom, workshop, right? Mm. Doesn't fit anymore because for some person, they don't like to be you know, like dumb in the room the whole day. For them, it's like, you know, I can learn anytime through social media. Probably one way that they can start doing is we call it micro learning. Mm -hmm. So micro learning is like small chunk, okay, of the notion or how to, which is not that long and fit to your needs. On, it's like on demand. How small, like when you say micro, how small are we talking? Like a minute? 
Uh, it could be like uh, a tip that you could read for um, a minute, mm. or maybe a clip video tell you how to for like two three minutes. Okay. Yeah. Even though it's it's a big you know notion, but we you we divide it into small parts, mm -hmm. and that fit to a certain time because again because of the changing so fast, concentration of people to a certain thing reduce you know tremendously. People cannot like watch the clips or you know uh, listen to a certain thing for longer than four or five minutes. Even mm. only if they're very interesting for them. Mm. So that's why, you know, like in lifelong learning, we have like micro learning, you know, chop into small chunk, a fit your needs and on demand. Because now we have lots of things, you know, to serve the how to, you just Google it, Google it, and then you find, okay, this is what I want. And then you read it, you listen to it, and you start to apply it, and that's it. So make it in small chunk. All right. The other thing in lifelong learning we talk about is the way of learning mode. Because, like, for some person, you know, um, in my class, usually in the sessions, I, I have uh, different types of participants. Someone need to learn first and do. Mm -hmm. But for someone, I got to do first, and then I can learn from what I do. So that's why in lifelong learning, we have different way of learning. We call like social learning. Sometimes you don't need to learn the theory first in order to do it. Mm -hmm. You can learn from others. And I love to hear the story, and I love to hear maybe the success or the learning of others through the real case. Right, so but that's another way out of the social learning that we promote. If you don't learn the theory behind something first, though, I mean, not everything, but does it? Do you run the risk of becoming only familiar with the repetition of that one part of it, mm. or do you, are you learning the theory kind of informally socially? Well, in, in theory, usually people are comfortable to learn first because yeah. you know, for the safety. If you ask me to do something, you got to teach me first. Yeah. That's a traditional way, yeah. right? But in lifelong learning, sometimes we call like, we use like experiential learning. So okay. I prep them first. Do whatever I share with you. Okay. Okay. Be open. That's the way we learn. Oh, so, so they're learning the theory just by doing it though. By doing. Okay. Yeah. By, but the point is, the critical point is every time you do something, you got to reflect or decode the learning. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. So decode how? Uh, All right. Uh, break it, that down for me. All right, good. So, for example, I invite them to do a certain activity for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's debriefing time, reflection time. So I start to have a question, provoke that thought, reflecting the experience. So what did you do? So I start from a very, and this is one of the tips you can, you can use with yourself as well, whatever mm -hmm. you've done. The first level, asking yourself a very simple question. What did I do? I just did. Okay. Yeah, this is what I did. You know, I talked with him, so and so. And then, so, how does that feel? See, mm -hmm. the question invites you to think in different ways, sometimes with the information level, sometimes with the insight or the feeling. So people start to bring out, what does that experience relate to me? Yeah. Ah, well, it relates to something I did before with my team. And then they start to talk about their life. Mm -hmm. So that's how we help them to make sense. And that process turn information into insight also probably helps to really retain it because I, I know from my own experience anything i learned that i have some type of connection to yeah. whether it's an emotional or like an experience connection mm -hmm. i remember it forever yeah whereas like if i if i sat in a classroom all day uh -huh. and we covered 10 things mm -hmm. i might be lucky to remember one True. But if I do it and then it's related to, uh -huh. or if I had like a really positive experience, I'll always remember that. Yeah. With a, what you mentioned, we call the learning retention. Mm. And with the learning retention, if you let people sit there and just listen, the learning retention reduced to only 5%. Wow. 
because there's so information coming in, you mm. know, and then coming out. But if you ask them to not only listen but say say back, mm -hmm. that increases the level of learning retention from five to fifty, because people tend to remember what they say, right? That's a huge jump. Yeah, it's a huge jump. Yeah, that's why a a good session for learning it's interactive, because mm. one way doesn't promote learning retention. And lots of time I found when people talk, it's kind of like sort things out. Mm. The thought that kind of like here and there, bits and pieces start to, you know, sort things out through the verbal expression. And at the end, they got a clear, you know, or insightful, ah, synthesize, oh, this is what my thought is. And they can, they can see the thought. And it becomes clear, and that's learning happens. That's probably why I only remember like 5% from my undergrad <laughs> days. Probably even less from high school. Yeah. And you know, that's one thing, not only the learner, because because we need to invite the learner to talk a lot. Mm. That's why even myself, you know, people who are the, the facilitator, we got to adjust, reskill ourselves as well. Mm. We need to shut down our mouth. Oh, I talk too much. This mm. session, I talk like more than 50%, which is not good, which is not right fit to the new way of learning. Okay, so we start need to have a more a good, better listening skill, mm. all right? Inviting them, uh, questioning skill, that's a new skill of a good facilitator, even the good teacher as well, because the new gen, you know, they don't learn through listening. They learn through doing. They learn through doing, yes. Now, how long, is, as someone who, you're a trainer and a coach, yeah. how long did that take you to, to realize and adjust <laughs> to? Was it, did you pick up on it right away, or is it something you've worked on? Well, to tell you from my personal experience, well, my background, I used to be university um, professor. Mm. So that's a very teaching basis. Much different. And and it's not on demand because mm. I, I, I don't need to list down what my participant or my student like. I just list down based on the coursework, mm -hmm. right? But when I become the trainer, I learned the difference is that, oh, okay, I should... I should talk less. I should invite them to, to, to talk more because that's how people increase their learning retention. And the focus of the content surrounded by what they want, not I want to talk. Because mm. that way with the learning, we shift from the word studying to learning. Because if they're there to listen, they're studying. But if they're to hear something that is relevant to them, they start to learn. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a different way that I start to know, oh, okay, this is something I adjust. And right now it become you know, more and more. The other thing we need to reskill as well is, is the, the period. You have more time right, to talk the whole day, mm. but with the micro learning, I need to condense my content from like you know two hours into like five minutes. So drill down only the key thing mm. and take away they can apply with that one. So that's the skill that we need to adjust as well. Do you find people of all ages are more receptive to micro learning or is it really just the, the younger generation? I think mostly it relates to uh, the younger generation because mm. the time span they want to spend with us is not that long. Mm. They have m like million things to do at the same time. So I, I would love to get you in here <laughs> for two hours at a time. So, but but I'm older, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but here yeah, I'm not multitasking. I'm, I'm really have a focus <laughs> with you. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I know for sure. No, like, like, I can understand like that that attraction to micro learning though. There's definitely parts of that mm. when when I look at especially a lot of the the concepts around micro learning that I find appealing. And mm. I see where also as an employer, yeah. right, I would see that very as a business, I would see that as very appealing. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, if I can apply this micro learning and sort of that lifelong learning model mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and continuously upskill yeah. people who are around me. Yeah. What I just noticed lately, actually, it just happened, you know, over a few days. I, I started to see, you know, the post on the Facebook mm. for someone who write the article. Now, actually, it used to be the essay type, right, in, par uh, in paragraph. 
Now I think the same thing they divided into number, and mm-hmm. one number like three lines and then end, mm-hmm. and then number two. So even you know when you write, not only in a class but when you read the article, mm-hmm. even though you have a, a you know a long article to reflect to share, mm-hmm. you gotta divide into bullets or number because. Mm-hmm. That one make people be patient with you. Okay, I have like seven bullets. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that that's a different way we divide it into you know, a smaller chunk mm. for people to you know consume the information and make sense with it. I, I think we've seen that a lot the past couple of years in in media in general, whereas the, the kind of the the onslaught of lists and top tens and top uh-huh. fives, yeah. and even business articles. I'll go on to like uh, Inc or Entrepreneur, which which are really clickbaity sites but they'll say like these three reasons Uh or this and it will be everything structured in the same way to make it so it might be a thousand word Mm -hmm. or 800 word article Mm -hmm. but you can read through it fairly quick because it's all right intro point one point two point three conclusion yeah and when they put it together like that it it does feel like something that's much easier to consume as opposed to sitting down with the new yorker and there being an eight thousand word (laughs) article that you, you have to consume yeah the other thing, when I reflected on my personal experience, um, the other day, um, my daughter, she is seven years old, and because we stay in a in a hospital, mm. and that hospital they're serving the newspaper, the printed one, mm. and like my daughter, she's not familiar with the, the newspaper because mm-hmm. she's very you know young gen, and she's like she tried to open the the newspaper, and what surprised me is that she turned to me and asked, "Mom, how can I read it?" Think about it, you know, the new gen, they see all the, you know, the screen, yeah. you know, like the feed them, the feed them. But when it's see about a newspaper, it's a whole big piece of paper with the block and text and she's like confusing. Yeah, That's not the way new gen consume. And yeah, she asked me the right question because that's not a problem with me at all because I know how to read it. Also, newspaper articles, you get to the end of like page one, it might say continue <laughs> on page B32. And you're like, well, where? Yeah, what? Yeah, like, I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> or just click, tell me. You yeah. know, that's that's a new way that people can think about this, you know, behavior. I, I never even r- realized that they were still making physical newspapers until I was in a library a few months ago and I saw them they had them all racked up uh-huh. with the binders and everything, which <laughs> is cool, but you know, I can't think of the last time I, I picked up a physical newspaper to read. Yeah. Whereas like I'll read online news from newspapers every day. I I do the uh, New York Times headlines in Audible. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm always consuming in in that regard. But mm. to to think about an actual physical paper, mm. you know, I it was such a staple right. w- when I was growing up. I, I can remember my parents would get the newspaper delivered every day. I don't think they ever read it, but they would get it delivered yeah. every day. Even some of my friends, they treat like okay. Okay, for some books that usually I read the book through the ebook, right? Yeah. Only with some collectible books that I loved, then I'll buy you know the the, the paper book. Yeah. So now people treat you know that that way of of learning through like information, you know, digital. But if they want like special experience, they'll buy the physical book. So people treat it differently. Well, you know, I, I think about we were talking about the articles, the micro learning and articles, and there's a, a great book called Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm fantastic book but it's written in such a way that it's very difficult to have as a ebook yeah because each chapter is only three pages and it's essentially uh-huh. broken down by it, it's a his format is brilliant and it's a uh, healthy wealthy and wise mm. right so the first hundred chapters or, or 50 chapters are about being healthy mm-hmm. next are about being wealthy the last are about being wise yeah. 
and each one is a, a small interview with a, a person who's influential in that mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And it's a great book. I read it probably three days a week. Mm. I sit down and I'll just open up the index and say, I'm going to read this interview with Robert Rodriguez or Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. today. You know, who, who do I want to read? And I'll flip to that section and I'll read those three pages. Yeah. That type of book is very much in that micro learning mindset. Mm, mm. And it, it the way he breaks down each three page chapter is fantastic. But you that would be a book I would struggle with mm-hmm. in an ebook format. Mm-hmm. Not just mm-hmm. for the fact that my eyesight is shot and when I try to <laughs> read on my phone I squint too much. Yeah. But you know, it's very true. I find I love reading ebook books on my phone mm. just because I can increase the print and flip through. It's very yeah. easy. But I find more and more I buy physical books that have this type of format yeah. now because it's something great to sit down at the end of the night and read five pages, six mm-hmm. pages, mm-hmm. put it away and go. Right. So people treat it differently. And in lifelong learning, we have we invite you know, like, like we invite like our clients to learn in different way. For example, we use some mm. word, you know, for them to easy to remember. We have like online, inline, mm. beeline and frontline. Mm. We call that, you know, four lines of learning. The four lines. Four lines of learning. So so whoever preferred online learning, learn, you know, micro learning mm. anywhere, anytime through like digital, you know, and then well, learning alone for someone is not motivated me. I mm. can't, you know, read on my own. Okay, come to the class. We call it inline learning. Mm. Some people love to be motivated by in the midst of others, you know, have a provocative thought, you know, inviting. And they love to be in that kind of workshop. workshop. Mm. So they will be in both online by themselves, inline, be in the workshop and, and learn the theory, practice, you know, that one. And also be the third one is the beeline. Beeline is bees. Mm. So it's like it represents bees, you know, staying together, you know, social learning. So, so they can learn it from each other. Now, you know, they don't learn from facilitator. Right. Mm. So but, but facilitate, they'll invite other discussion. OK, so that's a third way that people learn from each other. And for those who love the practicality, they love to join the mm. beeline learning. Right. And the last one we call the frontline learning. Frontline, it's like it's it's execution practice. Mm-hmm. So what someone say, like, it's not important how much, you know, mm. the more important how much you do with what you know. Mm. So that's in the last one where people learn a lot. And, and the front line relate to the other new concept, you know, fell fast, mm. fell cheap, fell forward. Yeah. Mm. Failing forward, it, it's a new way of front line learning. It's a new way, it's a new mindset actually, because usually I was born, you know, in the age of like, please choose the right choice. Mm. So I was so afraid to make something wrong, you know, but in this eruption, we learn from, you know, learn from the mistake. I, I think my time in Asia, I've been here for six years. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a drastic mindset shift for a lot of people uh-huh. to think about failure as a positive. Mm-hmm. I, now, I came, I, my first business was in the 1990s, so I kind of came up in this early dot-com era where people were really starting to embrace failure. Yeah. But I kind of grew up in the same era where my parents were like, no, it's not good to fail. You have to... If you failed, you did something wrong. Mm. Not like lear- learn from what you did. It's like mm. you just did it wrong. Don't right. do not do that again. Where when I got into like my late teens and 20s and I was surrounded by other people who were entrepreneurs oh. and uh-huh. and tech, repreno- tech entrepreneurs and we were, we were figuring out what didn't work. And uh-huh. by figuring out what didn't work, it allowed us to be successful. Yes. And that's been a, an ongoing trend since before that time. But. I'm starting to see it really grass hold mm. in Southeast Asia. Mm. And it, it was funny. I, I was judging a pitch competition in Malaysia maybe six months ago. 
and one of the kids who who was pitching, he probably had the best pitch of the day for a uh, a travel app. Uh-huh. And one of the one of the investors was like, "I'll give you money for for this business. I want to invest mm-hmm. in this, but he's like, you got to drop out of school. You've got to, mm. you know, you got to commit yourself full time because I'm not going to invest in a part time mm-hmm. person." Yeah. He's like, "If you really want to get behind this, that's what you have to do." And he's like, if I drop out of school, my parents will see me as a failure. Mm. Is this like a Chinese Malaysian kid? Right. And right. he's like, my parents will see me as a failure and they'll disown me. Right. I was, like, I was like, your parents aren't going to disown you. He's like, you're white. You don't know. It's not easy for parents because I was in that perspective as well. Think yeah. about it. Is my child say, Mom, I want to quit school. I want to learn on my own. And I think, okay. It's, it, that's why I say, you know, lifelong learning takes personal motivation. Yeah. Casually. It no does, one's yeah. gonna put you unless yourself. Yeah. Right. So those are one one character for lifelong learner. So they need to drive on their own. As we wrap up, then I want to yeah. ask you, how do you develop that motivation to be a lifelong learner? Mm. So it, how do you tap into something that helps you be a lifelong learner successfully? Well, I think one character that I see when I work, you know, with with a lot of learners, um, leaders, they are very curious. Mm-hmm. inquisitive because in a new world disruption you try to do something different right mm-hmm. and start with being curious how that happened how can I make it better mm. why did do that who else can do it before so when you are curious it curate you to where I can find the answer and that's character of those who are lifelong learner mm. they stay curious I mean you don't need to be knowledgeable but 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 be curious first, because mm. that's the source. Okay, that's the beginning. And then along the way, when you learn it, I think one thing that you should have, it's, it's we call like mindset, the growth mindset. Mm. Yeah. Because when a growth mindset, you say, there's no maximum. There's more and more that I can learn. There's mm. more and more I can become. So you treat, you know, failure as a learning. That's a different mindset along the way in lifelong learning. So for me, first, stay curious. Mm. Okay, and the second one, learn from the mistake, and that's new way of learning. Yeah. You don't need any teacher in a class anymore. Fantastic <laughs> advice. Stay curious and learn from your mistakes. Yeah, right. Dr. K, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. I hope to have you on again very soon. Uh-huh. See you all. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast, brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation, you can check them out at seasiacenter.com as well as their links in the show notes. And for more great conversations like this one, you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com.